KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. Every other Sunday morning at Laura Sims Skate House in Cobbs Creek Park, a group of kids and a few adults take the ice. Clad in padding and helmets and armed with hockey sticks, they pass around a puck, practice shooting goals, and just skate around together. What you would never know from watching this scene is that these players are all blind or visually impaired. We didn't think sports were in the cards with a lot of his complications. He's doing awesome, and each week he's improving, so it's exciting to see. That's great. <laughs> this is The John Cast, a podcast about interesting and unexpected stories from Philadelphia. This week, we're visiting the Philadelphia blind hockey team to find out, first of all, how blind hockey works, and also how it enhances the lives of the visually impaired players. We'll hear what life looks like for them, or more accurately, sounds like and feels like, and why it's important for them to have a space to play. These kids, they've never had the opportunity to play hockey before. This isn't an opportunity that they never thought they could have. Kelsey McGuire is the founder and executive director of Philadelphia Blind Hockey. She first started working with visually impaired people in college at Kutztown University. My college, I was a special ed major, and um, my college is one of the four programs for undergrad to serve for visual impairments. And a girl came in and did a special ed class, and she had a guide dog with her. She was training a guide dog, and she was like, yeah, like, it's so much fun. Like, you can train guide dogs, and it's just a great field to be in. And I literally changed my major right then and there. She became a student teacher at Overbrook School for the Blind. And after graduating, she stuck around. She still works there now. A few years ago, USA Hockey reached out to Kelsey to see if there was a need for blind hockey in Philadelphia. And she's a big hockey fan, so she jumped at the opportunity. She met with a few people in the disabled sports community to see if there was interest. And I found out that there was a need and that there was people that were very interested in it. So then the next thing you know, we started planning and we had dry hockey events all last year. We had six of them over at the Flyers Training Center in Voorhees. Some former Flyers players came out to help with the dry hockey events, like Brad Marsh, who played in two Stanley Cup finals with the Flyers in the 80s. They've kept that connection with the Flyers going, even taking the blind hockey players to a game this year. They gave us tickets for them to go to a game, and it was their very first game. And I think ever since then, like, they have been, like, more willing to go out on the ice and try it because they want to be the Flyers. It's so fun, like, to see that. By working with the Flyers and some local nonprofits, they're able to offer the program for free, including all equipment. Yeah, so it's a completely free nonprofit organization. We get all our equipment donated um, from leveling the playing field, which the Flyers are in work with them. Um, And then also some of our coaches just have equipment laying around because they have kids that played hockey and they're just like, oh, they're outgrown. Here you go. So everything is completely free. We fit them with their uniforms, with all their equipment. The only thing that they'll ever have to pay is like their fee for USA Hockey. That seems huge. Like the cost of equipment and skates and stuff can be a huge barrier. Yeah, and we're lucky enough that we are getting like all different sizes. So once they know that they're outgrown, we can just, they can turn it in and then we can exchange them for a bigger size. So it's going to be free no matter what. So let's get to the big question here. How exactly does blind hockey work? 
Okay, so there's an adapted puck, and it's a lot bigger than a normal rubber puck. It's made out of metal. It has eight ball bearings in it, um, so it makes noise when it goes across the ice. And it's a lot slower, slower pace. Um, and in blind hockey, there's no hitting, um, obviously, no checking. <laughs> um, no fights? No fights, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the goalie, so defense and goalie, they have to be blind, completely blind. Um, so goalies can be under blindfold if they have some kind of sight, which is pretty cool mm -hmm. to see. Players have to be classified in one of three categories set by the International Blind Sports Federation, some of which allow partial vision, but all are legally blind. The net is also shorter than in regular hockey. It's about three feet high. The Philadelphia blind hockey team is still new. After a few years of planning, a pandemic, and a bunch of tri-hockey events, this is their first full season. So most of the players aren't quite ready for full games yet. Do you ever play games or do you, are you just learning to skate? I just learning to skate. Okay. Luckily, Isaac here is a fast learner. Have you ever ice skated before you played here? No. So was it hard to learn? No, it was easy. My favorite part about hockey was scoring goals. That's great. Are you going to come back next year? Yes, on Sunday. On Sundays. Awesome. <laughs> Most of the players today are kids, but the team is open to all ages. Rocco Benny is watching the practice with me. He's the team's vice president. So, but it's fun. Like we have a lot of little kids now. Um, a lot of our older guys, they play goalball, which is another uh, blind sport. So once they're done with that, hopefully they'll come and uh, help us with, uh, you know, getting a little higher when it comes to, like, the age gap. So right now we have a lot of younger kids. So we get a bunch of goalball involves rolling a ball with bells inside it across a court to get it over the opponent's goal line. It was created specifically for blind players. But that's a whole other story. There is one adult at practice today, a first-time player, Richard Bullard. Uh, first time trying blind hockey, yeah. I, I heard the puck before, I was like, I could find that. <laughs> uh, he has his guide dog with him, which the kids are loving. Her name is Shamrock. It's actually her birthday today. Oh my gosh, happy birthday. She, she just turned three. I assume she doesn't go out on the ice with you. Oh, I, no. <laughs> uh, Part of my responsibility is making sure they don't get hurt either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've tried every, lots of other things too. Other sports? Oh yeah, I've tried uh, wall climbing. I've gone scuba diving in a pool with my with my white cane. I, I've actually gone out to the Colorado uh, Springs to the Olympic Training Center there for tandem biking. That's awesome. Twice. Oh, and golf. I actually like that. <laughs> nice. Have you ever skated, ice skated before? I've ice skated, but I've never really tried hockey on skates. Yeah. So. Are you excited, nervous to get out there? Uh, a little both. Maybe a little apprehensive because <laughs> I have no experience in that. I'm sure all these other young guys got more. So I'll be like, look, I'm a rookie. <laughs> Luckily, Richard and any other new players aren't on their own. There are lots of coaches and volunteers around to teach them. So I think we got some guys here from Pinecrest. Okay, they're going to help you. 
so we practice every other set every other sunday so mm -hmm. and for the past like two months every other sunday a high school hockey team has come by to help us out which is really cool that's awesome yeah, actually having people to like that play We've been lucky enough to partner with the Flyers Cup, which they've been amazing, and they've been finding different high school teams to be able to come out and understand like what a service project is, so like how to give back to the hockey community. For anyone who's like me and doesn't really follow sports things, the Flyers Cup is a high school hockey tournament held by the Philadelphia Flyers every year. So some teams that are competing this year are also volunteering with Philadelphia Blind Hockey. This week, the volunteer team is from Pencrest High School in Media, coached by Steve Miscani. Um, it's, it's just a real good opportunity for, for these guys to come out and kind of give back. And in a way, I guess it takes them back to when they learned to skate and, right. and some of the stuff that they went through and, and kind of, but it's just, it, it's a fun kind of thing and it's always good to give back for that. Totally, yeah. yeah. Brady Hammond is one of the Pencrest players, number 95. What kind of things did you do? You were like guiding them skating. Yeah, I would help them around. I give like I would pass the puck to them, let them shoot. So it's like the taste of coaching. You think coaching is in your future? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I was always talking to my friend that I play with about coaching like a, a youth team when I grow up because yeah. I think it would be fun. Because yeah. I love hockey. And I don't think I'll be able to stay away from it. You know, they help the kids. You know, either get their pads on when they get here. We'll, they'll break up into like little like drills or like in little groups. Like there, you have a group over there that's just working on just shooting. These guys are working on kids skating. Of course, teaching blind hockey is a little different from teaching hockey as most of us know it. They might look like they can see, but they might not. So you have to use descriptive words and say like, go to your right or go to your left. Um, and use their sticks to tap to have them hear directions and all that stuff. So it's kind of like a learning curve for them, but I think it's a great opportunity for them to give back. It's fun to watch. Some volunteers are guiding players around the ice, holding their hands. Some are passing the puck back and forth. And then some groups are just playing around, like with Benjamin. Did you have fun playing hockey? Yeah. yeah. What did you do? Drag around. He loves to like lay on the ice and get spun around a little bit. You'll, yeah, you'll see so today. So that's kind of his motivation. He skates a little and then he gets a little spin on the ice with his body. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think this was my favorite part. It's just like Ben's mom Jacqueline said. Ben will lay down on the ice and the volunteers will push him with their stick to spin him around. How old is he? Ben is five. And how long has he been playing hockey? So we just started the program this year. Okay. Yeah, so he's had for about six practices so far. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. How's he liking it? Um, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been so great for Ben because we, we didn't think sports were in the cards with a lot of his complications. And this is non-competitive. And he goes out. The, the padding gives him so much input on his body. And um, he's doing awesome. And each week he's improving. So it's exciting to see. <laughs> Jacqueline mentioned complications. Vision isn't as simple as you're blind or you can see. Anyone who wears glasses knows that. So in a minute... We'll get more of Benjamin's story, what his life is like outside the rink, and what changes when he puts on that gear and steps on the ice. Welcome back to the JohnCast. I'm Sabrina Boyd-Circa. Before the break, we had just met five-year-old Benjamin and his mother, Jacqueline. The best way to describe Ben 
is that he is this incredible little boy who is a mystery man <laughs> that continues to surprise us and throw us curveballs along the way. <laughs> ben has visual impairments, but he's not completely blind. It took a long time and a lot of visits with doctors to figure out what was going on. Jacqueline told me the story a few days after we first met at practice. She brought Ben to the park at Dermond Recreation Area in Drexel Hill. You'll hear him playing in the background. Ben uh, is adopted. We met Ben when he was about a month old. He was in the NICU, so Ben was born uh, prematurely. Um, he had suffered some trauma during birth. There was a lot of unknowns. He's developmentally delayed. He uh, hypertonia, which is all about his muscle tone, has its tightness um, and sometimes restricts some of his movement and also um, slow growth. So Ben is tiny but mighty. <laughs> um, he was cleared from the NICU. Um, we were just told he had a severe astigmatism with the shape of his eyes, but mm. on, on the whole everything, he was discharged and okay, and we were gonna follow up. At six months, we noticed um, his left eye was turning in, so we followed up with the pediatric ophthalmologist at CHOP. And he did need glasses at the time, and then he was diagnosed with strabismus, with his, which is a lazy eye. From there, they tried a lot of things. Patching therapy, which involves covering the stronger eye with an eye patch to try to get the weaker eye to work harder and improve. That didn't work, so they tried surgery, which did straighten out Ben's eyes, but he was still having issues. In observing Ben when he's working, um, especially with like tabletop activities, Ben would always be looking away or he'd start to feel around and not, not be looking at where he was. And he was having a really hard time targeting, especially when he was eating and with up close work, like trying to do a puzzle. Then he was still in his environment. He was still walking into things and there was a lot of hesitation on stairwells. When we followed up with our neurologist, Ben was about three years old, and he was the first one who had um, mentioned cortical visual impairment. Cortical visual impairment isn't actually a problem with the eyes. It's how the brain processes images. A lot of the information Ben's parents got at the time was still pretty vague, but it was a start, so they started doing vision therapy. But that was hard, because the therapist only saw Ben once a month and she didn't get to see him in his natural environment. It wasn't until he was in the school setting, in a preschool setting, with lots of kids and decorations in the room and lots of movement going on that we really, Ben was really struggling. At an annual neuropsych evaluation, the doctor suggested the Overbrook School for the Blind. Overbrook has a CVI clinic, specifically for cortical visual impairment. And Miss Beth Ramella, even though Ben wasn't a student there, she, she sees kids and does the assessments and gave us so much more information. And we finally felt like we understood it better. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, it was like a, a total new world for us. The Overbrook School has given Ben the specific care and attention he needs to thrive in his education. He's one of just five students in his classroom. Something real simple that his teachers are doing are they're using like a fabric puffy paint around the black lining of certain things that he's coloring or working on and just that added 
adaptation has been huge with his, you know, coloring inside or seeing the paper while he's having so many more successes at school on a daily basis that his paper keeps coming home, that he's talkative and energetic and a huge difference and comes home and shares. And I feel like his confidence has grown so much this year. Ben still struggles with complex visuals, like large crowds. Thinking of like a birthday party, when you go in an unfamiliar house with lots of people and lots of decorations, it's gonna be really hard for Ben to navigate and to find what he needs in that space. If school and birthday parties are a complex visual environment, sports seemed out of the question. But when Ben's classmate Leora started doing blind hockey, Jacqueline and Craig, Ben's dad, thought it might be worth a try. Well, we were all nervous to start, but Miss Kelsey was great because when we got there, it was Ben getting sized up for equipment. Yeah. So we were right by him and he was getting fitted for all his equipment and he's such a tiny guy that everything was so little and he just kept giving us <laughs> facial expressions like, what is going on? <laughs> so we have a lot of funny pictures of that first moment of like, what is happening right now? But with Ben, also some of like his body awareness and the sensory input, I wasn't even thinking about it before, but when he's putting all that padding on, I'm like, oh my gosh, that gives him such good body awareness. <laughs> so the padding actually has been so beneficial for him at hockey. When Jacqueline explained how Ben responds to complex visual situations, I could see it. Even at hockey practice, he was quiet and a little hesitant to talk to me. But at the park, when it was just his parents and me, we couldn't get him to stop talking while his parents were trying to tell me their story. What do you like best about playing hockey? Sliding around on the ice. Sliding around, yeah. Do you get dizzy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good thing. <laughs> a little smirk. <laughs> How do you get dressed and ready for hockey? I put my guitar on. You put your what on? My equipment on. Your equipment. Your equipment on. Very good. <laughs> that was a great answer. What goes on your head? The, I love the helmet. You like your helmet? Yeah. Ben has gotten more comfortable at practice, too. His dad, Craig, is a hockey player, so he's been able to help out on the ice. At first, Ben wouldn't skate without his dad. But these last few weeks, Ben has gone out there on his own, letting the volunteers guide him. I get it. I mean, I enjoy watching him get out there and skate. Like, he's able to participate in a sport activity, like sports activity. Um, just seeing his enjoyment, too, and doing it. And then not only that, seeing him being able to improve each time he goes out there, like seeing him skate a little bit better. One of the things I've been saying to Craig is that Ben and Mom, since I work part-time, we've had a lot of special moments. And when blind hockey came about, all of a sudden it was Ben and Dad time on the ice. And I, I've felt like that have they've had that special bonding moment on the ice together for those Sunday mornings. And that's been pretty special, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think blind hockey was that first opportunity where we felt we knew Ben's needs better. And then we had this awesome opportunity to be in this environment where it was welcomed, accepted, and celebrated. The practice feels like it's over pretty quickly. Maybe I just want to keep watching this for longer. But it's only an hour long and a lot of the kids get off the ice early. I'm done now. You're done now, okay. Is it too cold in there? Yeah. Yeah, it's one degree. 
one degree. That's really cold. That's Liara, the one who recruited Ben. Which is funny, because today, she has had enough with skating. And I don't like the season because it's winter. You know, I agree on that. And what Liora really wants in this moment is the donuts they get at the end of practice. But I can tell she was having fun out there on the ice. Of course, I had to check back in with Richard, the one adult who was learning to skate for the first time. Richard, how was it? Oh, it was great. I loved it. I mean, it really was a lot of fun to give a try. Yeah. But it's something that's going to take a lot of practice. I mean, sure. I mean, just for a first try, I was like, wow, that was cool. I liked hearing the kids. They're zooming around, yeah. playing. I was like, yeah, if I was that young, I would be probably the same way. <laughs> Boom! Oh, I forgot about the wall. <laughs> I mean, Do you think you'll come back? I'll give it a try again, yeah. Much like the players themselves, Philadelphia blind hockey is just getting started. They're learning and growing, and Kelsey has a vision for their future. We're hoping to grow the game, so we have two teams. We have like an, an adult team and a kid team. Um, that's our future, our game plan towards the end of this, what we really want. And we're hoping to have more teams locally around us as well, because we had used to have kids coming from Lancaster, um, and that was just like a far drive. Yeah. And so maybe having teams out there with like up in Allentown, because they have different disabled hockey as well. So we yeah. just want to grow the game. This season is coming to an end. This episode will come out right before their last practice. But they're already planning more tri hockey events for April and the summer to get new players in for next season, which will start in the fall. And as the players improve, they can start to have scrimmages and travel to play with other teams across the country. The ultimate goal for a player someday would be to play for the national team. Yeah, the national team, the national blind hockey team, um, and they compete against Canada's blind hockey team, which Canada is basically like the role model of blind hockey. They have all their different territories, have all different teams. Um, so it's kind of cool to see like what the potential of these players can do and that we can take them and they can be the future of the blind hockey team. For now, these players and everyone involved in Philadelphia blind hockey are just having fun. It's a space where they can be themselves and be seen every other week. As Jacqueline said, a place where they are welcomed, accepted, and celebrated. Yay, Ben, good job with the interview. I see you, Ben. Thank you, The Johncast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. And it's made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickert, Brian Seltzer, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa, and me, Sabrina Boyd Circa. If you want to learn more about Philadelphia blind hockey, maybe go to a tri hockey event or volunteer with them, check out their website in our show notes or follow them on social media at PHL Blind Hockey. You can see some pictures of the blind hockey team on our Twitter page at The Johncast. And if you want to hear more episodes, Follow us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back with another story soon. 